any time, in any place. We can have our prayers heard by you. We can receive your care and your love. And so, Father, we just take a moment to pray unto you. And we know you would not give us a snake or a scorpion, that you long to give us of your Holy Spirit who provides all things we need. So breathe life into us this night. Help us in our prayers that we might experience the fullness of what you have for us as your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray all the time, don't we, in church? We just prayed right now. (laughs) There are many other times you might have uh, prayed in your life. I don't know whether, though, you consider yourself someone who's really got on top of prayer and you think, oh, yeah, wonderful, I'm amazing at prayer and I love to spend all day in prayer doing nothing else other than pray. Many of us, though, find our prayer lives difficult from time to time. We've already heard tonight how sometimes um, our spiritual life might feel a bit dry or we might feel like we're throwing some prayers up but they're kind of hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down or we're shooting prayers off out into space and out into the heavens but we don't know if they are being found or heard or listened to sometimes we find it I think what we do sometimes in life is life gets difficult and we seek all sorts of places and different answers to our, our problems. And sometimes prayer isn't the thing that we turn to first. And then after a while, we just leave it as if it's not something, or it's too late. I can't come now to the Lord. I can't come, to, come now in prayer. He's not going to listen to me. Or maybe we feel like in life, I have been utterly, utterly rubbish. <laughs> Why on earth would God hear my prayers? especially as it's been so long, perhaps. Some of us might be feeling, well, I'm not very good at it. I don't know what to say. I'm not, I don't have those lofty words that come pouring out and gushing out like some people I hear pray. I don't even know whether my prayers would work because they're not very impressive. What is prayer? Is it a one-way thing? Is it a two-way thing? Are we just sometimes fooling ourselves? It's kind of like I feel better after praying just because I've, you know, had a bit of peace and quiet and I've lit a candle and I'm feeling better about myself. And it's a lot of meditation can feel like that, can't it? Some people say, oh, if you meditate, your life gets better. But is that all prayer is or is there something more to it? Is it foolish? like some people might think it is. Who are you talking to? Who are you Christians talking to? There's no one out there. You know, sometimes, you know, when Sam was going around with the, with the microphone, I have to confess to myself. I sometimes say, oh gosh, have I had an answer to prayer recently? I better think of something really good. Sometimes we struggle to see our answers to prayer. So many questions, and I'm hoping that this series might help uh, some of that as we go through line by line. But I want to give us tonight several encouragements 
for us to pray. My first encouragement is this. Prayer is for everyone. Prayer is for everyone. And it's not hard to learn how to pray. It's not hard. I um, spoke to someone uh, this week um, who had spent some time taking a time out of their working life uh, to go on, a, on a, a prayer retreat. And their prayer retreat lasted a whole month, and it was a silent prayer retreat. So they went off to some mountain place, uh, I think it was in Switzerland, and they spent a month in silence uh, with prayer books and scripture. No Netflix, no uh, newspapers, no internet, and uh, spent a lot of time in prayer and fasting and reading. And I thought, oh, goodness, I'm nowhere compared to that. That sounds, you know, it sounds amazing. And I, I think they had an amazing time. But I'm like, when I look at my life, I'm like, gosh, all the other things and distractions of life are all there. How do I fit a prayer life into all of the complexities of one life? Should I actually be out there on a the mountainside giving all my attention in, in prayer? And, and then I think, as an Anglican, good Anglican minister, I look at um, the tools we're given as Anglican ministers, and Nick, you'll have one of these, or if you haven't, I'm going to give you one. These huge and weighty prayer books. <laughs> and there's prayers for every day of the week, morning, evening, nighttime. There are set prayers for different occasions. Let me just read some of them to you uh, from this contents page. There's morning and evening prayer, acclamation of Christ at the dawning of the day, the blessing of light, morning and evening prayer in ordinary time, morning and evening prayer in seasonal time, additional material for use at morning and evening prayer, night prayer, prayers of biddings, responses, a cycle of intercession, some forms of intercession, the litany, other prayers, collects and suggested canticles and refrains, more canticles, the Psalter, and on and on it goes. And I think, oh my goodness, <laughs> how many of those? Do I have to wade through these on a daily and weekly and monthly and yearly basis? Sometimes we can think, oh, that's all too overwhelming for me. It must take years to learn how to pray. It might take a lifetime to learn how to get it right and be a good Christian. Jesus, though, see, Jesus' disciples in verse 1, they come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Jesus gives them seven lines. Seven lines of a prayer. Or if you want to push it a bit further, he gives us half a chapter of Luke's gospel on how to pray. Because you would think, Jesus, the Lord of the world, who prays to his Father in many times and various ways, you would think his prayer book would be about three times the size of this. But his teaching on prayer, and I find this an encouragement, is just so simple. So simple. And that encourages me not to feel weighed down by all the spiritual disciplines and exercises that are out there that help us to pray. I'm not condemning any of these, by the way. It's all very good. But sometimes you can feel the weight of, are my prayers good enough? 
Have I learned how to pray? And Jesus here just says, oh, okay, it's simple. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And on he goes. It's not hard to learn how to pray. Second encouragement. God is not reluctant. We don't need to persuade him in our prayers. We just need to ask him. See, sometimes we think we have to be really, really either persistent or earnest or zealous or passionate or committed to our prayers in order for God to be impressed by them, enough that he might answer or hear us. Jesus tells a story here of a man who, in the middle of the night, he um, goes to his friend's house and he bangs on the door and says, friend, um, someone's come to visit my house in the middle of the night and I've run out of bread and could you lend me some bread so that I can feed my friend who's come? Did you see that in verse five? Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. At midnight, Put your hand up if you're still awake at midnight. Come on, I know there's a few of you. <laughs> Sometimes a few of us are still, but many of us are in bed because this person, he's got children. So he's probably out at 8.30. <laughs> Sometimes as that happens, I, I'm putting the children to bed and I literally I just fall asleep, fully clothed, in, on top of their bed, just like... And I'm out. But at midnight, someone comes to this person and knocks on the door and says, what does he say? Lend me three loaves of bread. See, if I get a knock at that type of time of night... I'll be like, it has to be some kind of crazy emergency <laughs> for someone to do that. And you're like, okay, what was the problem? And if someone did that to me and they said, oh, you know, oh, God, have you got any sugar? Because <laughs> someone's come around for a cup of tea and I was just running out of sugar, I'd be like, you what? <laughs> um, I would be annoyed. I would be annoyed. But what I love, the point of what Jesus is saying here is that even if this friend who's come with a bit of a ludicrous, uh, non-emergency situation, um, and the person's annoyed because he says, I'm already in bed. The kids are in bed. You're going to wake up the whole household. He, even though he's annoyed, Jesus' point is, he will still go and do it. Just almost maybe to get rid of them. <laughs> or just their sheer audacity, as it says here. Yeah, oh, you got me up. All right, just, there you go. There you go, 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 go. Now, Jesus' point is not <laughs> that is the way God the Father feels about us. He's like, oh my goodness, Tom has sent up another one of those prayers. <laughs> Someone's finding that my sermon funny. It's great. Um, oh, Tom has sent up another one of those bread prayers. He's run out of, you know, he needs the parking space or whatever. And, and God the Father is like, oh, I'm so tired of all these prayers, but... Just to get rid of Tom, get him off my back, I'll give him what he wants, and off he goes. That's not what Jesus is saying there. Because he says this, verse 9. So I say to you, 
Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Then look at verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is not bothered by our prayers. It's not that he's gone to bed early. It's not that he's annoyed by us. His point is the opposite. He says, look, we might get annoyed with people asking all these things of us all the time. And even then you'll get them. How much more then with someone who's dying to help you, wanting you to come ready and waiting, listening at the door for you to knock, how much more then will you get what you ask for? That's Jesus' point. He's not saying that God is just annoyed by it, so you've got to carry on knocking at the door. It says, no, you knock, and he opens it. He says, what do you need? What do you want? I'm here. If someone who's annoyed at you will give you what you want, how much more someone who delights to hear from you? And he's not going to give you, you know, you come and say, can I have three loaves of bread? He said, well, no, I've only got uh, rice. You can have rice. You want three? I'll give you, how much bread do you want? Three, nothing, got more. What do you need? What do you want? Ask and it will be given to you. He's not reluctant, he's quick to give. And he doesn't need persuading. He doesn't need persuading. Third encouragement for us to pray you don't need to impress God, you don't need to impress our Father in heaven. Let's just turn to Matthew's Gospel. Uh, where the same, the same teaching happens on the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 7. Sorry, Matthew chapter 6. From verse 5. You'll notice at verse 9, Jesus tells uh, the Lord's Prayer, but from verse 5. Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. You see, some people, and it's natural, and we all, part of us all think like that, is that we, if we pray really impressively, God is more likely to hear. 
he's more likely to hear that person over there in church who just prays really powerfully and really well. And they have these many words. And it sounds all so lofty and heavenly and wonderful. Oh, God has got to be impressed with that prayer. Mine is utter rubbish. It goes something like this. God, are you there? I don't know what to say. Help me. I know I'm rubbish and I probably shouldn't be praying to you. And I've got no real right to. But would you have mercy on me? Whoa. Jesus says, and he actually gives a story about this, of exactly that situation where two people go up to the temple and pray very differently. Jesus says, the one who's just come in all humility, don't even know how to articulate the words, and just says, in all humility, I need help, is the one who's heard. You don't need to impress God. In fact, Jesus says, it's best if you just go into your own room, close the door, and no one else can hear. Because you'll be worried about what other people are going to think of your prayers if you do it all the time with others. I mean, corporate prayer is good. I encourage it as a minister in church. But sometimes there is that element of, you know, who's this for? I'm a bit worried. I've got other things on my mind. And Go into your room. Close the door. And to be honest, it doesn't even matter if you get your words right or wrong or whatever, because look at verse 8 in Matthew chapter 6. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So even before you've even gone, oh, God, I'm rubbish. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Hear you. The moment you close that door, and you knelt down. I, that was enough. Hold it. I got it. I see what you need. So even that point, you could just say, almost talk about whatever you need to talk about. And he's like, yep. From the moment you closed that door, I knew you needed me. And I'm here. You don't need to impress God. So you might ask, well, why do we even need to pray then if, if God knows what we need and why do we even need to pray? Well, I know with my own children what they need. Well, at least I think I do. In fact, in many ways, I know what they need more than they know what they need. If I said to them, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> or I asked them each time, what do you want to eat today? They would be very, very unwell. <laughs> I know what they need more than they do sometimes. And sometimes they don't even need to ask me. I've gone ahead of them to provide for their needs. There's some things that they don't even understand that I know they need. Maybe about filling in forms and paying bills and planning for the future. Uh, things that they would have no clue or understand why it's needed. But I love it when they come to me. I love it when they come to me. I love it when they say, Daddy, or uh, 
they need a cuddle. Or can you help me with, I can't get onto the internet. (laughs) Because they come to me. They come to me, their father. God loves it. That's what prayer is for, for the father. He's like, you've come to me. And I love it when you ask to hold my hand across the road. I love it when you say, I can't figure this thing out in life. Would you help me? He loves it. God actually wants to spend time with you. That's why he says, go into a room and close the door. Because he says, I'm not, you know, he wants, that makes him feel like, yes, you're the only one right now I want to be with my Father in heaven. So here's my final encouragement. It's also good for us to be with our Father. He loves to be with us, but it's also good for us to be with him. Uh, I'm not a brilliant um, gift giver. Whenever birthdays and Christmas and ordinations and things come along I don't know what gifts to give people or not great at writing notes in cards and doing all that sort of thing Um, but even I know sometimes that giving gifts is important and uh, giving thought to those gifts is important and giving good gifts is important and Jesus talks about that doesn't he back in Luke's gospel he says which of you fathers if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead you would have to be a very very vicious person wouldn't you If your child asks you for a fish, you give him a snake. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are rubbish, basically it says evil, though you're rubbish at gift giving and don't really care as much as our Father in heaven, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? to those who ask him, the Holy Spirit. I find that a very fascinating teaching of Jesus. Because he doesn't say, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the egg or the bread or the help or the fish? He says, no. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God's greatest gift is his own self. His own self. You see, coming back to my own children, um, I could shower my children with gifts. I could shower them with gifts and think I'm a good dad. And uh, my children eventually... If we are all honest with it, children do love gifts, they do, and they can get spoiled and all that sort of thing. But really what they want is they would much rather have the presence of their mother or father or their, the one who takes care of them. That's the truth of it, really. They always want to do things with you. At least they do it at a young age, maybe when they get older. <laughs> I don't know so much. But I think deep down, when what prayer really is, 
when we, if we really want to get to it as a Christian, is yes, we want lots of stuff. We've got lots of problems in life. We want lots of solutions. But if you really get Christ and you get the Father in heaven, then what you really want to do is just say, I need to be with you. I just need to spend some time with you. Would you hold me? Would you comfort me? Would you reassure me? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? Would you take away the dry and cold heart? Would you breathe life into these bones? Because ultimately, the problems are not going to go away. Not anytime soon. Not until Christ comes or we go to be with him in glory. But for now, it's enough that the Father would give us his Holy Spirit to be with us. So can I just encourage you about prayer? That God's presence by his Spirit makes everything all right. Can I encourage you that prayer is not difficult. It doesn't need to be difficult. It can be 30 seconds of, Lord, I'm rubbish, would you help me? It's not hard to learn how to pray. You don't have to impress him. God is not reluctant. He delights that you come to him. The moment I said you close the door, you draw the curtains and you kneel, he knows he's delighted. He will answer your prayers. He will be there. He knows what you need. And he knows that you need him. So let's pray. Father, thank you that Jesus showed us and taught us how to pray. And it's very, very simple, Father. Thank you that it's simple. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today's bread, maybe three loaves. Forgive us our sins. Help us forgive others. Lead us not into really bad places and temptation, but deliver us. Deliver us, Lord, from all evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen.